Good. Good evening and welcome to episode 12 of Pitch to Pub podcast. I'm Mark Avunis and we're here with... Me, Me. Sean. Sean Ovington. How are we doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, mate. Really good. It's Monday. Um, the sun's been shining this afternoon, so it's been all good. And yeah. it didn't get dark until after six o'clock, so oh, no. what, 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 else, uh, what else do we need in life? It's been pretty steady today, and uh, Boris has been kind and given us some uh, some guidance, a roadmap here, but I'm sure we'll discuss that a bit later Mate, on. As long as it gets us to where we need to be, that's all that matters, in my opinion, but we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss on it. Yeah. Um, we, we, have a, we have a guest tonight. I promised you we were bringing some interesting people on. Um, <laughs> we'll wait until next week, um, but I'll, I'll let Sean introduce... This um, young man. Yeah, well, I, I've known it's... Uh, well, I, I like to think of this, this chap as our very own Chris, Chris Whitty, actually. Uh, fountain, of, fountain of knowledge. Um, I've noticed... Well... I've got... I've, do you know what? I've got some no, hair like No, you. no. <laughs> my, my hair looks like Boris's <laughs> all, all over the place. But, um, yeah, it's a good friend of mine. I've, it's, uh, it's Matthew Carlton. Um, I've known Matt since... We lived down the same street since we are pretty much born I think and and no Matt pretty much best part of 30 years as I said but um, yeah Matt's come on to kind of chat about all things Norwich and football wise and he's obviously got a, a very in-depth role he works for the NHS and he's a, a clinical perfusionist which I, he'll, he'll explain a bit later on um, but no welcome on Matt thanks for thanks for coming on tonight mate how you doing fellas you alright thanks for having me yeah very, very good Matt no it's really good to speak to you I've spoken to you for a couple of years did did Sean just call you a clinical diffusionist? Well, mate, it, we either get <laughs> clinical profusionist. I mean, I don't know what a fusion is, but we're right. not throwing anything. <laughs> or sometimes we get a clinical percussionist. I'm pretty good on a, <laughs> pretty good on a triangle, but there's a new band started up. Maybe you can be like one of the guys that fills in. So if you've heard of <laughs> um, Backstreet Batch, Moyes. Oh, oh, the West Ham band. Yeah, no, I've been there, done that, mate. All of us have. Yeah. Oh mate, we did the, we did do the Backstreet Boys, didn't we? So I like that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but you were you were lead singer, Matt. Yeah, well, you know, you need a starring role. So uh, yeah, I was a groupie. I was a groupie. Yeah, but can you remember? What... I got the uh, I got I got the lyrics wrong. I came in at the wrong time in, and Sean, you wouldn't speak to me for about two weeks. I don't yeah, think yeah, because I... it was on your lines. I was in after, and I got my bit <laughs> cut out. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, what was it? Our, our, our highlight performance was it the old age pensioners' dinner or something. Yeah, <laughs> the old, the old like, people home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, I've, I've still got Betty giving me the old call every now and again. Uh, but, you Betty, know. Is she still sending you a knickers? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow, I think we have um, we've hit a bottom, um, and I think it can only go can only go up from there. I yeah, don't want to talk about Betty's bottom, mate. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear lord. So Matt, um, it's been probably a long time since probably we last spoke, or, or well, it feels like an eternity since I last seen you. With obviously with COVID and everything going on, what's what's going on? What's going on in your world? Yeah, mate. No, it's been, it's been a couple of years, really. I mean, certainly one year, really, since we've been out, or I've been back to first. So mm. uh, yeah, it, it's it's been a little while, but not a lot, mate. Just trying to juggle. The COVID situation, you know, working and being in the NHS, as well as having new new baby this time last year, and a, a little lad as well who's three. So juggling all that, like the rest of the rest of the people out there, 
it's yeah. uh, it's 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 been interesting. I think is the best word. <laughs> How is, is the lockdowns different for you, Max? Obviously, I, I, I spoke to you. Well, I was speaking to you obviously throughout, but the first yeah. lockdown when we spoke, it, it seems to be more intense. That you got obviously redeployed and you were doing a lot of uh, a lot in ICU and moving a lot of um, people into prone positions and. Uh, is that been pretty intense kind of this time around or because of your new job, have you, you managed to kind of dodge that? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been lucky this time around because I have moved jobs. I was at the uh, QE in Birmingham in the first lockdown, um, which has the biggest intensive care in Europe. It's over 100 intensive care bed capacity. You know, that's when you just, in, in normal numbers, treating normal patients. Wow. Um so in the first lockdown, there was over 100 COVID intensive care patients in the QE. So all operations stopped and um, every sort of, I mean, my job's predominantly in theatre. So it's looking after the cardiac patients and uh, performing my role in theatre. But because there was no intensive care capacity, we couldn't do any of our like cardiac operations. Uh, all operating was stopped and everyone was sort of redeployed to try and sort of look after intensive care patients as best possible. But I mean, I've got zero nursing <laughs> ability <laughs> whatsoever. So uh, we were pretty useless really. So we were just sort of like drafted into whatever role we could. So with it being such a big intensive care, I was sort of redeployed to the proning team where we'd be turning patients, literally going on to intensive care and turning 10, 15 patients at a time. Um, basically trying to sort of help the treatment on their lungs. Um, that was, yeah, that was the first lockdown. So it was pretty, you know, that's when it was all very scary. I mean, it still has been very scary, but people have learned to live with it in the second lockdown. Mate, I think I think when the first lockdown struck and the severity of it kind of really dawned home on me when you kind of mentioned that, um, was it the NEC was potentially being used as a morgue? Yeah, there was plans. Obviously, they had all these Nightingale hospitals planned, and yeah. there was. Uh, I saw the plans for the NEC, and yeah, they, they, they were planning on having like mass scale morgues, and yeah. Yeah, it was all it was all pretty daunting. It really was pretty scary for everyone, wasn't it, at the time? Yeah. Um, you know, I think some of that has lessened slightly just with people sort of living with it, um, and obviously they've identified more in like risk groups now, so. Um, sort of less mass hysteria about it all but uh, the second lockdown like you'll see on the numbers of it has actually been much worse than the first one in terms of numbers yeah. but uh, yeah for, for you personally Matt how did it I don't want to say how did it feel because maybe not the right thing to ask but if you think about it from a um, from your role type of type of base uh, where obviously that's that's not your job and you you've been moved into an environment because of you work in a hospital and you have such an important job, what you do. However, the, the bodies that were needed and that you said you were, you were kind of there to kind of help, but how, how did it feel you doing something that you weren't potentially like maybe, I don't want to say up to skill because it's probably not the right, the right thing to say. You probably kind of confirm no. that if that's there, but it's <laughs> like obviously going home with a, with a young one and another one on the way. And obviously your missus and all that kind of stuff as well. Like, was it was it really hard? Yeah, I mean, I, you're right. You are right when you say you know not up to skill because you trained for quite a few years to be an intensive care nurse, and mm. 
there was a couple of days where I went on to the intensive care as a, you know, well, I say as a nurse, I literally was pretty useless, but would be helping the <laughs> nurses out because they, you know, it's usually one-to-one care. So one nurse will have one patient and uh, these nurses were just flat out in full PPE um, treating three, if not four patients. So, and, and they were just pretty desperate for any type of help they could get. So yeah. I had a couple of days acting as a nurse or trying to help as a nurse and yeah you're just pretty useless you're just doing what you can and running around trying to help them out it's quite stressful and you know but my hat my hat goes off to the nurses really during this this whole time because they're the ones I mean if I had someone come in and try and do my job in theatre I'd be the one stressed probably because I'd be trying to look after four different patients or four people trying to do you know, a job that I've trained for many years to do. And I'd be trying to watch over four people do a job when usually I'm just doing, you know, one patient or looking yeah. after one patient. Um, so really it, it was those guys. But I mean, in the wider scale, obviously, yeah, we had a new baby and my wife's in the NHS as well, but she was on maternity. And uh, we obviously didn't have any nursery or school at the time. So she was juggling a newborn with a three-year-old or a two-year-old at the time. Um, I think she had the harder job than me, if I'm honest. <laughs> I was pretty lucky. I was getting out of the house. I was, you know, able to sort of see people and interact. But, yeah, it was a stressful time for sure. And it mate, has been th- mate, throughout the whole thing. But You had the house uh, house renovation as God well. Me. That was obviously a, a stress mix on top of that, eh? What was that? Sorry, I just broke off there. So you had the house renovation as well, didn't you? Which I've seen another stressful factor into the mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we decided it was a good time to have a house renovation as well. So, <laughs> yeah, so we ended up moving in with the uh, mother-in-law. That was great. Enjoyed that. Uh... <laughs> Remind me to send that yeah, to her so... after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? It was. It was actually helpful because it meant that we had another pair of hands and. Yeah. Uh, and it was a different environment for the kids. I mean, you'll know as well, Mark, what it's been like having the kids stuck in the house. It's quite hard to keep them entertained all the time. But uh, no, it's been it has been interesting. I mean, the second lockdown, I, like like you said, Sean, I've moved jobs recently, so um, we have relocated a couple of people. But I've been more staying on the uh, cardiac side of things. So the, the the small amount of work that we are still managing to get through. Um, I've been sort of dealing with that rather than dealing with my usual job rather than going back onto intensive care, which, to be honest, I'm glad about because, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't very nice. So mm. what, what is it exactly that you do, Matt? Because I don't want to keep talking and then get through it and people go, oh, he works in theatre. I mean, hold on a minute. He didn't actually tell us what he did. So just explain to, you know, the hundreds of listeners what, what you do. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a random job, really. Um, so, I mean called a clinical perfusionist so it's all um about the perfusion of the body so mm-hmm. i work in cardiac theaters heart theaters and um we operate the cardiopulmonary bypass machine so wow. that's that's the heart lung machine mm-hmm. um so in normal operations um a patient will go into theater and the anesthetist will obviously anesthetize the patient and then make sure the patient's electrolytes and all the different critical sort of uh, yeah. things to do with the patient during the operation. The anaesthetist will look after that. 
Um, heart surgery is a bit different because obviously you need to operate on the heart itself, which is beating. It's uh, providing us with our cardiac output and the oxygen to the to the to the muscles and organs. And when you operate on the heart, you obviously can't cut into the heart while it's beating or operate on the heart while it's beating. So you have to stop the heart from beating. Wow. So in order to do that, they have to divert the blood from the patient's body to a heart lung machine. And we take over the role of the heart and the lungs. So we'll um, provide the cardiac out, out, output for the patient through a, through a pump and we'll oxygenate the patients so or we'll take over their lungs. And then we deliver the blood back to the body after the heart uh, into the aorta so that the surgeon can then operate on the heart and we can uh, deliver a drug to the heart to stop it from beating. So the surgeon can then operate on the heart while it's still and not worrying about the uh, the patient's vital signs or electrolytes or or anything to to do wow. with that really. So it's a, it's a bit of a random job. There's not many of us in the country. There's only about 350, maybe 400 in the whole country in the whole of the UK. So it's it's pretty unique, but it's interesting. You get to see a lot of different stuff. So, so it's, yeah, it's good. First of all, for me, that's pretty fucking epic. And <laughs> that's, that sounds like. No, I'm, my, my heart's beating faster just listening to that. That's like scary <laughs> shit. You've literally got someone's heart in your hands. Am I right or wrong? Obviously not uh, yeah, physically. Yeah, pretty not much. I mean, but... <laughs> no, I mean, no, the surgeon will. They'll physically have it in their hands. But um, whilst, we're, whilst the, we, when we go on to bypass, we'll, take, we'll essentially take over the anaesthetist role of looking after the patient during, during their surgery. You're keeping so... them alive while that's going on, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The, the the heart lung machine, or you know, the perfusionist who's in charge of the heart lung machine, is is monitoring all the blood levels, all the electrolytes, all you know, everything to do with that patient's um, state at, at the time, and um, making sure they're fully oxygenated and keeping alive, and yeah, keeping them alive during their operation. Wow, my mind's just really gone. <laughs> I always, <laughs> I always kind of knew what you really did, but I've, you've never well. I don't know if you've explained it that in depth before, so it's pretty probably has pretty several nuts. times, but you've probably been that drunk. Yeah, 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 man, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely been a, a three AM chat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but, wow. How did you get into that? Like, because I mean, obviously we're at college, at school, college, yeah. and you went you went off to different university to what me and Sean did, proper one, <clears throat> and then yeah. um, <laughs> like, was it something that you were like? that's what I want to do? Or did you not really, like, did you, re- did you study at university for that specifically or not? Oh, it's been my dream since I was eight. Honestly. <laughs> really? <laughs> that's amazing. Like, like, how could you pronounce no, no, that? No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. that's when I thought I was going to play the triangle, mate, as a uh, oh. percussionist, yeah. <laughs> well, that's not, there's probably more than 350 triangle players in the country, so... You're in a niche market, I reckon, mate. No, do you know what? A, a lot of people fall into it, if I'm honest, Mark. And I mean, I was, you, you know, I, I went off and did a, a degree um, in biomedical science, which I thought was going to be like interesting and cool. But then actually I realised that you come out of university and you haven't trained for any job whatsoever. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much like 60, 70% of, student, of university students. Are... <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, no, so for me, it was just, um, you know, looking on the NHS website, seeing what different opportunities are out there. And I went and shadowed the role and thought, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. I get to sit down all day. So, um, 
yeah, and, and literally just sort of uh, applied to a couple of centres from there, and that's when I moved out of Thirsk, went down to Nottingham, and I yeah. got the job there, and um, yeah, life's been life's gone on for, since there. I ended up sort of shacking up with the other trainee perfusionist in Nottingham. <laughs> Shack it up, you two. <laughs> your, your, your eyes met across a a, a, a a wide open torso as you kept oh, someone alive. Honestly, there's there's not there's nothing that screams love more than blood pouring all over the floor. Yeah. <laughs> do you think? Do you think you might be the only perfusionist couple in the country? Is that right? No, we're not. We're not. We're not actually. No, there is. We're not. There's not many of us. But you could have just said uh, yes to make it sound cool, mate. Yeah, we're the only ones. We're the only ones. That's amazing. That's so. We're we're literally the celebrity couple in perfusion. Yeah, you're like the 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 Beckhams, right? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) No, we're the we're the Harry and Meghan. We don't like uh, to be our lives intruded on, really. Yeah, and and now and now they're just setting the podcast up, aren't they? As well, (laughs) you have much choice, Harry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm perfectly honest. I always thought you were a doctor. And kind of, I, know, when I yeah. found out before we, we we came on air that you weren't. I was a little bit let down, but actually, since you've well, told, I mean, since... I did offer. You know, I could get you a doctor. Since since you told me what you've done, I'm pretty. I, I actually think that's that's better, and that's pretty. That's a lot more like, well, cooler niche. Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed, mate. Well agree. done. I think I, you're you're my favourite friend of that does that. <laughs> Thanks, do you know what that means that means so much <laughs> so um, yeah. you're on pitch to pub um, why don't you let everybody know who you follow you don't have to say it quietly it's just, you can say it in confidence it's okay <laughs> <laughs> no I am a proud massive Norwich City fan and always have been. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. From can you explain? School, yeah. Can you explain the dynamics? Obviously, I know your family, your mum and your brother, are Leeds fans. Yeah. And you and your yeah. dad, a Norwich fan. Dirty so, Leeds. Yeah. Oh. So obviously, explain the uh, why you're a Norwich fan because you you haven't got the the accent, have you? As such as. Uh... No. <laughs> no. It was, um, yeah, a bit of an error in judgment on my part. I think really. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, like you say, my dad was a Norwich fan, is a Norwich fan. Um, my mum's from Leeds, she's a Leeds fan. Um, neither of them, you know, massively, massively into football, but enough to influence us. And my elder brother, he, he went on to follow Leeds. And for some reason, I decided to align myself with Norwich and follow my dad. Uh, that's the only reason, really. You Were, were you born um, in, in Bury St Edmunds? Yeah, I was. Yeah, which yeah. is closer to Ipswich actually than Norwich. But <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lucky escape. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my brother was born in Germany, so he should be a Dortmund fan or something, really. <laughs> like, but... No, yeah. So it's a bit just pretty random, really. Just followed my dad and uh, been a Norwich. I've stuck to my guns and been a Norwich fan ever since. What was your What was your earliest memory as a Norwich fan? Then, oh, it's, do you know what? It's not a good one, <laughs> and. Annoyingly, it's well, it's part of the reason actually why I hate Leeds so much as well. So, um, it was going, it must have been the 90, was it 94, 95 when we got relegated from the Premier League or 95, 96, one of them. And, um, yeah, we went to Ellen Road, me, my, I think my brother, maybe my dad as well. And, uh, Leeds essentially relegated us. Oh, uh, so 
yeah, and I was in tears. I must have been, what, six, seven years old. And my brothers never really let me forget it. So that was my early, I think that was my first Norwich game and my <laughs> earliest memory of supporting Norwich. Oh, and it took me quite apt, really, just, like, you know, a lifetime of crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been, just, I'm not going to lie, there's been plenty of ups and downs, hasn't there, really? I mean, literally um, a record amount of ups and downs. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're probably the definition of a, a yo yo team, really, aren't you? You would say. Well, yeah, we have the record. I think we, when we went down last year, oh, we now hold the record for the most promotions and relegations was... to the Premier League. But it's looking, was... it's looking on that you're going to be promoted again yeah. this year, by the way. Yeah, it does look like that. I was going to say, touching upon kind of yo yo thing, because it's strange because you guys come up, you play some nice football. And I don't know kind of what your point of view is on this, whether you're frustrated, a bit pissed off with the owners, that they don't think, right, let's spend a bit of cash and try and stay up. Because they seem to be happy to kind of um, not spend cash and and develop the young players. And if you stay up, you stay up, it's a bonus. But if you go down, you're financially secure and you'll sell your young players, which is a fan. Yeah. I don't know what your point of view is, mate. I think... <sighs> I think a young, a younger version of me would be like, well, we need someone to buy out Delia and Michael yeah. Jones and invest, and we, you know, we want to be up there, you know, uh, competing with the big boys. But I mean, realistically, it doesn't happen. And I think more clubs would go the other way and go into like financial ruin yeah. than than they do actually make a success of it. So I think now I've sort of mellowed a bit as a football fan. I'm quite content at having someone who's really got the best interest of the club at, at heart. And, I mean, the, the best thing we did was get Stuart Webber in from Huddersfield as the um, sporting director and Daniel Farquhar at the same time because they absolutely masterminded sort of the trajectory of the club. We didn't... In, yeah, I mean, when we got promoted two years ago, we didn't invest. And uh, I think, like I say, younger me would have been frustrated at that like you just want to go out and spend 40 million on players but look we all know that 40 million on one player can be a flop never yeah, mind yeah <laughs> like you know spreading that and that's that's money that we just didn't have so we decided and we had we sort of paid off our errors of the past like players like Naismith and uh you know yeah. who we spent like nine million on or something thinking it was a big sign-in so we invested in the uh, training facilities and paid off all our old debts and we we sort of secured our future as a club no matter what would what's going to happen because we can't guarantee success at Norwich and we can't guarantee Premier League football each year um, and they set a target of being a top 26 club um, you know knowing that we could easily go up and down and that that looked you know we that sort of paid dividends really because obviously we did get relegated and then, until coronavirus hit, and then it's completely done us yeah. for another. When when you are a club that doesn't sort of have endless pit of money, that's done us for another sort of twenty or thirty million, which we just didn't really have. And in, in, you know, so we sold Ben Godfrey for twenty five million, and we're sort of self sustained. I mean, you know, Lewis to Newcastle a, as well. Yeah, Lewis to Newcastle as well. Yeah, which was a good bit of business. Um, you know, we have got players coming through, but uh, that is the type of club we are. So I think it's just accepting what type of club you are. And I've I've come to terms with that, to be honest. Yeah, I love being in the Prem. Um, but it's not fun when you're losing every week like we were. <laughs> do you know, <laughs> do you know what, mate? That is such an adult answer. 
you, you know, you're like, I've just come to terms with it. And it's, I'm, at, I'm at peace. I'm at ease with the fact that Norwich are never going to be a, a, a sustained Premier League club. And do you know what? It's actually funny you talked about that because it was something that I was going to bring up and, and you know, Sean did well to kind of touch on it. Is when I, when, when I got to terms with the fact that they were talking about, well, we're not going to invest the team because if we invest the team, like you said, and, and it doesn't work and we get relegated anyway, we put ourselves in a massive black hole to then try and come back up next year but then the parachute payments of up and down is going to be more for us in the long run anyway. So by what you said, investing in the younger players and the academy, potentially in the long run, it puts us in a, in a, in a better position where we can go, well, actually, we're in a much better position here, there and there. So when we get promoted again, we maybe give it a better go. And Yeah, absolutely. There's a massive part of me that kind of admires that because like you said, we probably aren't, you probably aren't a Premier League club because... You haven't got all that like that that structure there, and, but it, it's coming. I mean, if you look at if you look at Leicester, I mean, they went all the way down and come all the way back up. But they've kind of obviously yes, the money's kind of come in from um, from Malaysia, and and that's all kind of been um, the new training facilities and the players and all that kind of stuff. And you know, they won the league. Luckily, I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna say yeah. it because everybody thinks it. And um, I, I guess I guess there's hope for Norwich. I, I would never say. Nah, Norwich aren't one of the teams that can stay in the Premier League. I, I just think it's a case of sometimes it's about timing, isn't it? Well, I, I would think, say. Go on, sorry, Matt. No, well, no, I, say... I, I agree. I think it's um, you know the, the the aim, the hope is that we can be a sustainable team. When we have come up previously, we've stayed up for two, three seasons, but we have we have done that thing before. It's signings like Van Wolfswinkel, yeah. you know, we have spent, <laughs> we've 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 made these errors before, and I think. I just think we've got a good team around us now where they're looking to sort of get a a, a good deal, looking in foreign leagues, like trying to really just um, make astute signings, yeah. like sort of Buendia and, you know, and Stephen Pukki on a free, but then also bringing players like Max Auer and Todd Cantwell through the academy as well. It's just such a long, better long-term model than just pumping 10 million into a, a player and hoping he's going to be the answer to to to, a, to staying in the Premier League, which just isn't going to happen. I mean, I mean let's go Matt, go on. Matt, Matt I, can't, I can't believe it. It's been 28 minutes and it's uh, it's taking out long to mention Buendia. <laughs> mate, he is, he, <laughs> mate he's, he's magical. I'm in love with him. So that, that was, was my gonna... next question was, do you, think, do you think he'll go in the summer? Do you think, Aaron, obviously, there's been rumours of um, Barcelona, not Barcelona, um, by Munich in for Aaron's and and Cantwell as well. And do you think do you think they'll go in the summer? If you, even if you get promoted, or if there's a chance of them staying, I don't know. I think yeah, I am a bit. If we get if we go up, I'm a bit worried that we're going to sort of repeat last last year's sort of failure, really, because I don't. As much as I love Pookie, he's been brilliant. He's sort of 31, going to be 32. And I don't think he's a Premier League striker. It, you know, he might get sort of maybe five to ten, ten goals a season. So we definitely need someone up top. I think Buendia, I, honestly, I think he is a top six player. So like a team like Spurs or someone who needs some creativity in there. He's so good. Like, I think he'll be 35 to 40 million. So I think he, even if we go up, we'll lose really? him. And I think also Max Ahrens is one. Maybe we could keep hold of him another season. I think Cantwell will stay. I think Cantwell's probably a bit more of a gamble. And cause the good thing about Norwich, because 
because we've done it the right way, we're not desperate no. for cash because we are now a sustainable model. So we don't have to sell. So you're talking sort of 30 million plus for these players and it's whether mm. teams want to yeah. gamble on it. But Buendia, Buendia is definitely worth it. He is so you get to the summer. Where did, go on, Sean. Where did he get Buendia from? Do you know what? I can't remember because we've raided so many German leagues and yeah. uh, Bundesliga 2 leagues for all our different players. Franchic, Stieperman. Um, I can't remember. I'd have to have a look. I yeah. can't remember where we got Buendia no, from. No, no, but qu- it's an absolute steal. Another quick question, mate. Um, big bugbear of mine is Bielsa getting all this fucking credit. He got Leeds promoted. He got Leeds promoted. Took him a couple of years. Yeah, but they're uh, the best team in the world, mate. But arguably, right, for me, Farker oh, took Norwich up with a, a far a far lesser squad of players than Leeds at the first attempt. And he's signing players yeah. astutely from the German second division. His scouting network's fantastic. In my yeah. opinion, he, he's proven more and he's done more than Bielsa's done in England in a short period. I mean, how happy are you with Farker, essentially, is what I'm getting at. He's done a... Yeah, I've, I've heard you uh, <laughs> criticise Bielsa on a couple of the other... Just before you answer, and, uh, before you answer, yeah, I, can I agree. You, I can give you the answer. <laughs> yeah, go on. It's because he plays murder ball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, look, but Farker, though, get leads by itself, hate to side. Farker, he's done a squeaky voice aside. Well, he's done a great job, hasn't he? <laughs> no, mate. Honestly, uh, he's been brilliant in the football that he's put down on the pitch. Like he's he's playing like attacking football. I think he's definitely learned from when we the, the season we got promoted. We were we had to just it was score more than the opposition, was yeah. the, which which he did, and he was really good at. So he can play really attacking football. But this season we're we're definitely winning a lot more. One nils, two ones. So I think he's advancing as a coach as well. I, I love Daniel Farker. I think he's brilliant, but. We can't really talk about it just as him because it's definitely in partnership with Stuart Webber. Yeah. Because um, he's the one that's doing the scouting. He's the one that... He, Stuart Webber came from Huddersfield where... Um, was it... Oh, Wagner. It? Wagner, the singer. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the one from X Factor, yeah. <laughs> but he was... Va- Wagner was um, the... Dortmund second team coach. Yeah. When yeah. Daniel, Klopp. yeah, when was it Klopp? That's right, under, yeah. under Klopp, yeah. And uh, Stuart Weber brought him across to Huddersfield and they got promoted. And then signed Stuart Weber. We then signed Stuart Weber and he signed Daniel Farker, who was the then replacement for Wagner as the Dortmund. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I thought, mate, it ain't going to work twice. Like, you, like you're a bit of a joke if you just got one model and that's it. But yeah. it has worked. So um, they definitely seem to come as a team. And as, as you know, I'd, I'd hate to lose either one of them, really. I'd, I'm stuck with Daniel Farker. And um, yeah, he's definitely better than Bielsa. <laughs> yeah. what's, your, what's your greatest... So- been a been a, a tormented Norwich fan from your your, <laughs> your, your first memory of, of going to watch him at Ellen Road. What has been your highlight as a Norwich fan? What's it? What's one game that sticks in my things? Oh yeah, probably beating Man U. I'm guessing when Mackenzie scored. Or... Oh well, <laughs> mate, you. are <laughs> gonna love it because definitely two 0 Dean Ashton Leon Mackenzie. That's the that's the game. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, oh, well, you'll know Sean and Mark, and, and uh, like well, obviously Sean, like our sort of group of friends. You're all Man United fans, and we got relegated in '95, 
you know, so, and then got promoted in 2005. So I spent 10 years from being like seven to 17 of Man United winning everything. <laughs> and my, like my four, four or five best mates being Man United fans, just thinking they've had a failed season if they finished second or didn't win the league or whatever. And uh, so coming up, like being promoted and then beating Man United 2-0 was, yeah, that was that was incredible. And then I think to go along with that, probably the only highlight of last season when we beat Man City yeah. 3-2. Beating the champions, but not just, you know, not just champions, Pep Guardiola's sort of like legendary sort of type of teams. Um, yeah, that, that was probably one of the greatest games I've seen last last year. And uh, luckily the fans were still there actually. Yeah, unfortunately, not quite old enough to go back to the Bayern Munich days. There we go. Mark's all there. Have we lost Mark, have we? I think he's gone, mate. <laughs> Did he? Mate, 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 you've, mate, you've sent him to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what he thinks of your greatest Norwich moment. Uh, no, yeah, that, literally just there. signed off straight away. Is it still recording then? Or... <laughs> Yeah, no, we're, we're still here, mate. I don't know what... He's, maybe his connection's dropped out. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've, anyway, I think I've sent him to sleep, mate. I think you're definitely right. Mate, <laughs> I, think, I think he has. He's had a long, he's had a long shift, hasn't he? I think. He's had a long shift. <laughs> but who, I was going to ask you who... I know you've, you kind of idolised a couple of Norwich players over the last few years or when you were a child and you've got a couple of shirts with, with their names on. But who would you say, player of your childhood, Norwich-wise, who was, who was your favourite player? Oh, you and Roberts got to be big yeah i thought you were going to say the uh the jinking kind of uh winger darren edy yeah well yeah mate they go in stages doesn't it but um yeah ewan roberts was uh probably my earliest sort of idol then into huckabee huckabee was class um <laughs> yeah is that is that a signed shirt you've got i can't remember is it a signed no, shirt isn't. i've got house in signed shirt which was from uh yeah our 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 pad yeah, shot did that. Did our pad shot Chris Padgett, yeah, his wedding. So I got signed house shirt. He was he was a bit of a legend at the club as well, actually. Um, but no, and then actually, yeah. Speaking of, Padge also has uh, worn that Huckabee shirt a couple of times with Simpic. I was gonna, I was I was going to I was I was going to mention that Padge has, has had that with, with his ass that out. Only yeah. On, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. You and Roberts probably the earliest, and then like play. I, I, not quite old enough, really. Going back to Jeremy Goss and Rule Fox, yeah, uh, Chris Sutton, Chris Chris Sutton, yeah. yeah. Through... What about all? Uh, what about what about Brian Gunn? Oh, mate, what I used to have a couple of keeper shirts as well as a kid. So uh, yeah, Brian Gunn was definitely uh, a bit of a legend as well. Like, yeah, they're, they're some of the players really that stand out. Um, and and you now... got didn't you get to meet? Did you get to meet you in Robin? Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, a bit of a family co- like connection, basically, to a Norwich City Reserve um, guy who a family connection was engaged to. So we went to an engagement party, and uh, all the Norwich team were there. Yeah. So I managed to meet you and Roberts, and it was when we had Robert Green as keeper. And uh, I t- oh, to be honest, I was, again, I was probably only about seven or eight. It was wasted on me, really. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually, I think my mum felt Rob Green's ass. See, that, that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. Oh, here he is, he's back. Yeah, he's back. He's back. We thought he, we thought Matt sent you to sleep, mate. <laughs> I'm going to blend uh, the misses. His favourite Norwich game. Can't help herself. She's on every other possible device that she can use at the same time. So <laughs> I do apologise. 
I've been on for a couple palm, of minutes. Palm. I just, I just definitely was listening. Palm. Feeling Charlotte. my way back in. Charlotte, Charlotte's well, yeah, watching Charlotte live on, the, on a podcast, but you know, it is what it is now. I can't do anything about it. Mate, mate, she wanted better bandwidth than yeah. to watch it. That's in, like, it. That's why she probably turned the Wi Fi off and then turned it back on. So, I do apologize for that, but you know, it's not a problem. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, we, just, we were just talking about kind of Matt's uh, favorite players for Norwich over the last few years and his. And luckily enough to meet kind of his, his idol, which was Ewan Roberts, the big, big Welsh striker. Yeah. Um, I, I, do you know what? I, I, I was who... lucky enough, actually, last year, I had, a, again, a very sort of loose connection who who had a bit of a, a, a box at Birmingham. And on the opening day of the season, he sort of said, do you want to come along? And it was in sort of like the, um, not the players' lounge, but um, the fancy yeah. seats and stuff anyway. And uh, Del- Delia's walking through. So I managed to get a little picture with Delia Smith, and that was uh, probably one of my most prized pictures. You got it up framed <laughs> on the wall, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right above the head, the, the headboard of the what bed. Is it, what, what is it? Is it, is it a caption that says, <laughs> "Come on, we need you. Where are you? Let's be having you." Yeah, let's Just be having let, you. We've got in that fancy writing, in, like actually carved in woodwork. Let's be having you on the <laughs> ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what that's what Matt, Matt shouts to Lou every <laughs> night before they go to make love. That would, that would Let's explain. Be it's, definitely yeah. not, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. We need a twelve man. <laughs> just, just, just a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's absolutely brilliant. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I needed. We needed oh, twelve man. <laughs> absolutely gold. I, Oh, I definitely won't let her listen to it. You've tickled uh, me. Shall we got a choice? I'm going to send it to her privately. <laughs> Maybe you need a 12th man, Sean. <laughs> oh, dear. So, oh, dear um, we, yeah, is there, is there anything else we, we want to touch on or we've missed out before we kind of wrap it up, boys? By the way, make sure you wrap it up um, in future because, I, I mean, I don't know what you're feeling in having two, potentially having three children, but... Um, I, I I had a vasectomy like ten days ago, and it was definitely the best decision I ever made. I heard, mate. I listened. Um, yeah, I listened. It was to the, the best decision I ever made. Now because I'm recovered. However, last week when I maybe did a little bit too much that I shouldn't have done, like <sighs> I was a bit more active than I should have been. I was uh, I was I was paying for it a little bit more, but but um, but yeah, absolutely. I, I suppose on a positive well, note, yeah, we had a bit of a <laughs> we're. Uh, <laughs> you were yeah. going to talk about Boris, weren't you? No, I suppose I was. I was going to say that um, at least it looks like we'll get some fans back in soon. That's 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 going to be a good say, thing. Is it something like May the seventeenth? So you know, but at least at least you're you know you'd be, the fans are back in for when you um, when you're back in the prem, which would be quite good. Fingers crossed, mate. Let's hope so. Yeah. Let's hope, as in, let's hope we get. Back in. Yeah. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think you will get? Um, Putting my Fan nerves aside, I, I think if I was looking from the outside, I'd say yes. I was always pretty confident coming down, keeping the squad together. Like we have got a very sort of good yeah. squad, so I'll, I'll be extremely disappointed if we don't get top two. Put it that way. And who do you think your rival for the, for the title uh, would be? Looking at it, kind of now, I can see Watford coming through a little bit. You know, like um, yeah. Yeah, they're looking strong. They're looking stronger. We've been there and done now. it before with the same squad and under Farker, so we know what it takes. And I think we've got the best squad, if I'm being honest. And then I think uh, Swansea—they've got the best defense, but like t- 
got hammered four <laughs> one at the weekend, and they don't have a, a big squad. Mm. Brentford have had the nerves last season and managed to fuck it up, and I can see so them doing it again this well. season. They're not going not on a great run at the moment, are they? They've lost lost their last three, haven't they? Three, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. Nice. But I can see, I can see it be like you say Watford as well because they they've pretty done well, pretty well to keep most of their yeah. squad, and um, I think they'll be pretty strong. They've got. Deeney's in there. He's always a bit of a handful yeah. at that level, isn't he? And uh, I thought Bournemouth would do better, but they've kind of slipped a bit, haven't they? Um, but I think yeah, I think it'd be you and I, that'd be just yeah, you and Watford. I think I think you've got that buffer. You because you had that terrible injury, yeah, injury yeah, just before you, Christmas. A few, which was, oh, was that, it was literally a full yeah, we had full like team, thirteen players injured, like and like about seven or eight of our first team, but we we were still getting the results. Like we, I think we were hoping to offload a couple of players actually before the season started, which we didn't do. So we just ended up with this like big, like really big championship <laughs> squad. So I really think we we should be going up, and I think we will. If I'm be as long as we keep Buendia and Pookie fit, um, and maybe Campwell, but. I think uh, the main worry is if what happens next year, if we lose Buendia and whether Pookie is enough to... Hugh Gill has been in and out a little bit this season, but if we've got enough to go again next year, I'm not so sure. I think we will need to spend money if we if we want to stay up this time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like you say, I think strikers are... Absolutely, yeah. It? It's, uh, it's just, what, what, what do you think... <laughs> Whether say you get promoted and Brentford don't, would you try and raid them for like well, Tony? It'd be a big step up, wouldn't it? I mean, he came up from League One to Championship and he smashed it. But I think the thing, yeah. I think the problem now is that anyone with a decent player in the Championship now, they slap a thirty million pound price tag on. A bit like Norwich have done with Max Ahrens, with Ben Godfrey was twenty five million. I mean, he he'd had one season in the Prem, yeah, and we had like. We got like twenty yeah. odd fucking points. Like, if you, if you look at him, though, <laughs> then, he's having then a you've got good season, isn't it? <laughs> oh, mate, he's. I could see why they paid that. Like, his potential was massive, and I think he probably will be a, an, an England central defender yeah. going forward. But it's it's just hard. To, like to get anyone decent now, you have got to spend twenty five, thirty million. Who was that? Yeah, Even at championship level. From um, yeah. Was it? I can't remember where it was from. It was, I seen it on a program. You signed him um, last year. Did he go out on loan to Coventry or Blackburn? Oh, yeah. the left back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Went back to Coventry. I've forgotten his name now. Um, he, yes, I've seen the program. I can't as remember well. his name. I don't know if is he is he playing for you guys? Is he on loan or did he sell him? No, we loaned. So we loaned him. We loaned him back to Coventry right. as a left back. Oh, I've forgotten his name. It'll come to me. But because um, then we've actually had a load of uh, injuries at left back this year, and in January we've just signed. Actually, you like this, Mark? We just signed the Greek oh, really? left back. Uh, yeah, Gia, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. I know he's going um... down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do you know what? <laughs> the other <Yeah>. kebab shop. <laughs> I think we. I think our deals at the moment we sign Ben Gibson like for a season long loan, but then if we get promoted, we pay like six awesome. or seven million. And then we've done the same with. The same with this lad, like this is your new list. Like if we get promoted, we pay six or seven million. So it's um, all sort of sort of like money yeah. dependent. Uh, sorry, like promotion dependent. And uh, but he looks pretty good. So but no, I know what you mean. It was uh, Sam Sam Cullen. Oh, I forgot his name. 
Yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't remember. Well, I didn't know what, what's happened. I didn't know. I didn't realize he'd actually gone back on loan for the whole season because you were, you were in the prem when you signed him. What is it? Am I missing something about? Is it a story or something? Because I've not seen. No, I mean, I think it's just potential for him. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember if it was on oh, Sky Sports oh. or like on Sky Sports News, but they've done like a a bit of a a bit of a thing around him. I'm not sure if he'd come from maybe the Jimmy Vardy program of, in, initially, or I can't. Yes, yeah, so he, he gone did. To, he yeah. gone to Coventry, hadn't he? And then he, did. he basically uh, got he'd, he'd gone for um, he'd gone and signed for Norwich, and then last January he'd gone back to Coventry. But I'm not, I wasn't sure what had happened this season. That's why I was asking. I don't know if he was within you guys or whether you'd let him go or whatever. Because um, it kind of showed him meeting um, Delia and, and Sam Sam McCallum. That's it. Yeah. So, but uh, isn't he a young yeah. boy? Isn't he? So I think he's one. For, he's yeah. He's a he's a hope. He's come out non league. Um, I think that's what that's what that's what Jimmy Vardy's program yeah. kind of did. Obviously, yeah. it's him in it, like kind of try and get the next him. It was like find the next kind of like coming up, coming down and stuff like that. So, but but good. Uh, boys, it's, uh, it's been yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. Uh, it's been good crack, and it's been really. I was going to say the best word I can use is fascinating to find out what you actually did um, rather than being a doctor. So um, <laughs> yeah, look. Hopefully, once we um, once we get past the twenty first of June and and you're up and, and meeting family and stuff, and hopefully we can maybe get together and, and do it in, in person. That would be great um, to do another one in, in person. That would be, be a really good crack. Um, so just have to let us know once we once COVID um, decides to do one and Boris lets us all in the free rain, and within a couple of weeks, we'll probably be back in a, in a bubble or something. Um, but, um, yeah, <laughs> thanks very much for coming on. I appreciate it, mate, massively. No, thanks, thanks for having me. It's been great talking about Norwich, so... Uh... Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, mate.